0: Is the second Sunday of the month of Misra and the church presents to us this beautiful icon or this beautiful incident through which the Lord called St. Matthew to service. And we find in this calling, St. Luke tells us about what was happening and goes out of his way to give us a description that St. Matthew was a tax collector whose name, whose name was Levi. And this description is important because those tax collectors were at the time considered the worst traitors that existed in society, the worst of the worst people. Because they were Jews, and Levi was from the house of Levi, whose calling was actually supposed to be serving the altar of God. And he'd left all that He'd betrayed his people, he'd betrayed the Jewish nation and was working for the occupiers, the Roman army who invaded and were occupying his land and were occupying his people. And he wasn't just working for them. His role was actually to collect tax for this Roman army to go to his brothers and sisters to go to his family to go to his friends to go to his people and collect from them and give that to the Roman army who don't have a right to any of that moreover you find that these tax collectors were even worse than that. They were worse than that in that they didn't just collect what was due to the Roman army, because the Roman army gave them power, they were unfair. They were thieves. They collected much more than what they needed to give to the army. therefore they were very rich people, very influential. They were like tyrants that lived at the time. And therefore this encounter of Christ and St. Matthew or Levi is actually quite significant because Christ here doesn't come to any ordinary man or any ordinary person. He comes to someone who is very, very famous for being a sinful man, for being a bad man, for being a... A thief for being a chief for being a tyrant. It comes, if you can think of it, to the worst of the worst. The whole society, everybody knew who Levi was, knew who St. Matthew was, knew his history, knew how much he actually betrayed and how much he actually took from what wasn't his. So if we were to describe him, he was the worst of the worst sinners and Christ comes to this man and says to him follow me now the gospel tells us the response of Saint Matthew and in that Saint Matthew basically left everything and followed Christ and this is important to us because this is the calling that Christ is continually Calling to each of us. He says to us, follow me. Daily, he comes to each of us. And says to us, follow me. In the case of St. Matthew, for him to follow Christ, he had to stop worshipping the other gods that he worshipped. Problem for St. Matthew, or for Levi, is that he had other gods. He left his calling to serve God. He left his calling as a Levite. And he started working as a tax collector for the Romans because he stopped worshipping God and started worshipping money. And between him and himself, he'd made the decision that my new God is going to be money. And therefore I'm going to sell anything in my way to get to the money. I'm going to sell my family? Yes, money is more important. I worship money. I'm going to sell my friends? Yes, I'm going to sell my friends because money is more important. I worship money. I'm going to sell my nation, the Jewish nation? Yes, I'm going to sell the Jewish nation because money is more important. I worship money. But when Christ came to him, he said to him, I am your God. I am your true God. Come and follow me. Come and worship me. In the case of St. Matthew, Levi, there was this instantaneous transformation. Because as you read the rest of the gospel, what did St. Matthew do? He followed him. And the way that he followed him, he said to him, there's my wealth, there's my old God, there's the God I used to worship. I will distribute half my wealth to the poor. And if I've wronged anyone, I will give them. I no longer worship this God. I want to worship you, Christ. And therefore, to each of us comes the same question and the same calling. God today says to you, follow me. However, the question is, To each of us is what is your God? What is my God? What are the things that prevent me from being able to follow God? What are the things that prevent me from being able to truly worship God? See, Satan in today's age is very smart. He no longer brings us idols to worship. He no longer brings us statues and says to us, come and offer a sacrifice to this statue and that way you're worshipping other gods. That was the way of the Old Testament. That was the way of the older generations. They were simple. And therefore for them it was easy for Satan to get them to worship a wooden or a golden calf. Whereas for us the story is different. For us, He's created different gods that don't look like gods. Believe it or not, the phone that you hold in your hands may be your God. Your friends that surround you may be your God. Your image that you are so obsessed about could be your God. Your wealth could be your God. And from some, for some of us, our health could be our God. And the question I need to ask myself is, who is my God? Because Christ today is calling you and is saying to you, follow me. This reminds me, the church goes out of its way in the Tasbihah. Those of you that come and attend the midnight praises, you'll find that in the Tasbihah, after the, fo- the fourth host, The church goes out of its way to remind us of this beautiful encounter of the three saintly children. Cedric, Mesak, and Abednego. Because in their case, the king of their time wanted them to worship his statue and they refused. They so refused to worship anything other than God to the extent that He ended up throwing them into the air, into the fire. And in Netasbaha, the church actually tries to make us relive that. It actually starts telling us the story of what happened. And in that tune, goes out of its way as we get to Tenen, to really make us feel the sadness of what's going on. Why? Because there's three young men are being dragged into this huge fire pit and they're being thrown into the pit. So you find that Asbaha goes out of its way to give us a really sad tune. Really sad tune. Because the world presents to us that leaving God is like being thrown into the fire. Refusing the world means that I'm going to be in the fire. Why? Because all my friends are going to make fun of me. All my friends are going to ridicule me because I'm different. It's like being thrown in the fire. If you don't worship this God, if you don't worship the gods of the world, we're going to throw you in the fire. Yes, it's going to be a fire. If you don't follow everybody else and worry about your image, you're going to be ridiculed. If you don't have wealth, you're also going to be in the fire. And therefore it feels that if I don't do what everybody else does outside, I'm going to find myself suffering because the world is going to throw me into a fire. See, for the three young men, it wasn't an issue to be thrown into the fire. They happily walked into the fire. And whilst the tune of the Tazbihah of Tenen starts... Sad. You find that it's one of those amazing tunes that starts nee, very sad. In the middle of it, you find that Dickens changed the tunes. Ah, 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 ah. Suddenly, they're very happy. What's happening? Yeah, See, in the middle of the fire is where they actually saw Jesus, because the three young men, when they went into that fire. They were able to see Jesus face to face. See, in the middle of the persecution, when your friends make fun of you, or when the world starts rejecting you, or when you feel that all these difficulties are going to come upon you, this is when you're going to see Christ. This is the time when Christ is actually going to appear to you, and you're going to see him. If you look at the next part of the Tasbihah, you find that it goes straight to we follow you with all our hearts and with all and we fear you and we seek your face Oh God do not forsake us. We follow you because we saw you. We follow you and we seek you with all our hearts because we experienced you. We follow you and we fear you that we don't want you to forsake us we want you now to be with us we are never going to worship the gods of this world we no longer want them we want to be with you and therefore we will follow you today the church represents presents to us someone who left everything to follow Christ he left everything he left wealth he left he left his position he left everything that any of us could ever dream of he was the tyrant of his time he had power he had wealth and he said I will leave all that to follow Christ and this is what the church is trying to say to us those of you that were listening to the Catholic epistle you found the church was very very clear because today's Catholic epistle that comes from 1 John chapter 2, verses 7-17, to St. John says to us in that epistle very clearly, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you love the gods of this world, you will never see Christ. Because God's love is not going to be in you. You'll never get the experience Christ. You'll never have fellowship with Christ. St. John continues and says to us, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. These are the three cards that this world will always present to you the new gods of this testament come in the form of the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life look at everything around you look at everything that distracts you from god you'll find that they work in one of these three the lust of the flesh your your image what you look like your other half your boyfriend your girlfriend Whatever it is that you like, food, alcohol, they're all lusts of the flesh. Lust of the eyes, they're all the things that you want. I want this and I want this and I want that and I want that. I go out of my way to make sure my Instagram photo looks better than everyone else's. The lust of the eyes. Make sure that I have a new dress or a new suit every time I go out. The lust of the eyes. And finally the pride of life. All those that live worshipping money, worshipping status, worshipping what they have, they are all after the lust, the pride of life. And Kedah St. John says to us, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. See, the problem with this world, the problem with these gods, is that they're all passing away. The only thing that will remain forever is God. This is what the Church says to us today. Come and follow God. Come and seek eternal life. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart, and we pray that it will not only inform you but will also transform you and your life with Christ.